Star Wars 7x7 episode 2833. We're going to be going into spoiler territory with Queen's Hope. That's the final novel in the trilogy from E.K. Johnston about Padme Amidala. That's the novel that just came out yesterday. The reason why we're going to talk about this particular thing on today's episode is because it may well bear on the events of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series next month. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you so much for joining me for it. So before we get into spoiler territory, I'm just going to give you the contours of it. So we're not necessarily going to spoil any of the major storyline of Queen's Hope in this episode. We're just going to talk about one particular aspect of one of the... I guess, side narratives, if you will. When we were talking about the novel yesterday, we were talking about how it's almost as if it's sort of a novella with interconnected short stories that all come together. And this is one of those short stories, if you will. And it's also related to one of the four interludes that I talked about as well. So in the book, there are four small interludes that are set off in italic type. And they're about four different women who are particularly crucial to these stories. They are also very, you know, like one-pagers, basically. And we're talking about one of them in specific. So here's your last warning. Save this for a later date <laughs> if you don't want it spoiled for you. And now that that's out of the way, let's talk about Baru, White Sun, Lars. And about part of the story that actually kind of conflicts with the story as we know it so far. So that's one of those situations where okay. Over time, there are bound to be potential continuity issues, but as Pablo Hidalgo has kind of put it, you can also look at it another way. You can say that some people tell the story one way and some people tell the story the other way, and maybe there's just some meeting in the middle. It's all about your perspective and who's telling the story and whatnot. That could be the explanation. So no, I'm not going to get into issues about, no, this isn't how it's supposed to be or anything like that. That's not how I'm feeling it. I'm just mentioning it so you know, you're know you aware because, hey, it's kind of interesting to know. And the story involves Shmi Skywalker and how she ended up with Klee. Lars. So the way the story goes as we knew it previously was that Watto had sold Shmi to Klieg and said, and he freed her and then married her. How about that? Wasn't that great? Well, that's not the version that we hear in Queen's Hope. Instead, the version that we hear is that Klieg actually tricked Watto in, I guess you could say, a similar fashion without any aid from the Force, managed to trick Watto into a bad bet and was able to win Shmi from Watto. And yes, he did free her, but the way that he did it was not the way that it kind of came across from Watto. Like, you would imagine that when we hear Watto talk about this in Attack of the Clones, that Klieg just said, okay, flick the switch and you don't have to worry about whatever chip is inside you that Anakin talked about back in The Phantom Menace where you would just go boom and die and whatnot. No, instead they actually had to find the chip inside Shmi and deactivate it, deprogram it. 
And how do they manage to do that, you ask? Well, as it turns out, Shmi's own engineering skills were better than pretty much anybody else's in that circle of people, including Klieg and including Owen and including Baru. So Shmi ended up building the detector that helped them find the chip, and Baru is the person who actually got it out of Shmi before it could do something bad. And Shmi was the first person that they were able to do this with, and they set about doing this for more people on Tatooine. But unfortunately, it didn't always work. Some people actually died, and it was terrible. And for some others, they actually did get it to work, and they were able to free them, and other people were able to you know, leave Tatooine or go on and live their own lives. And Baru was part of this very secretive initiative where it intersects with the Queen's Hope narrative has to do with the fact that Sabe, Hadme's most trusted handmaiden, had gone to Tatooine basically with, you know, Padme's entreaty to help slaves on Tatooine, and she ultimately becomes invested in that work herself. They are working, Sabe and her friend Tanra, are working to help free slaves, and they end up in contact very secretively with people who include Baru, and they're able to get a hold of what one of these scanners actually looks like, but the problem is, is that the scanners are not working fast enough to catch up with the the recycling of the programming in the chips in these slaves. So basically, they can't deprogram fast enough because the coding inside the chips is moving faster than their deprogrammer can catch up. But Sabe and friend are able to get it to another one of the handmaidens who is able to make some technical adjustments to it and do it in a way where the few spare parts that they have access to on Tatooine, they're able to do it with the parts, the kind of parts they'll have available, basically. And so Padme's other handmaiden, Rabe, I believe it was, oh, shucks, I hope that's right, um, is able to give them something that will work on more slaves and help them accelerate the process. So basically, Sabe and Tonra are able to ingratiate themselves with this secret society that is referring to themselves as the White Sons that are getting more successful in freeing slaves, whether they're you know enticing them and getting them to have their chips cut out or whether they're kidnapping them and getting their chips cut out. It's presented in a couple of different ways that this happens, but the you know, the work that they're doing seems to be accelerating by the end of the novel. And so that's what is going on on Tatooine in the time between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith during the Clone Wars. So you can imagine why that's worth knowing about as we go into the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, because we're going to have a younger Owen and a younger Beru that's not the Owen and Beru that we're necessarily used to in any other Star Wars storytelling. We know they're moisture farmers, but we didn't also know that they were strong anti-slavery advocates and were kind of running an underground situation, helping to free as many slaves that were on Tatooine as they could. And as far as we know, with all the other storytelling that's out there, Obi-Wan is not aware that Owen and Beru are actually doing this. Or if he is, it hasn't been talked about in any story situation yet, but there's certainly the potential for him to find out in the Obi-Wan series that something like this is happening, which would also create a different kind of jeopardy for Owen and Beru and for Luke, of course, as well.
So there you go. Baru and Owen may have much more going on than meets the eye when we see them in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which opens up some really fascinating possibilities. I hope, I hope that they manage to find a moment to do something with that in the show. And there you go. That's what I've got for you for today's episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. 7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, but their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big